association with the Wayland Utani Bulletin and SciFi.com, this is Perfect Organism, the Alien Saga Podcast. We are the only exclusively alien podcast of its kind, with your hosts, J.M. Prater and Peter Hay. God damn it, that's not all. Because if one of those things gets down here, then that will be all. And all this, this bullshit that you think is so important, you can just kiss all that goodbye. You still don't understand what you're dealing with, do you? Perfect organism. I say we take off and nuke the entire site from orbit. It's the only way to be sure. Fucking hey. Episode 30? This is episode 30. Wow. God damn. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Perfect Organism podcast. This is episode 30 of our long-running podcast. This is your host, Pete. And Jamie. And today, there is so much to discuss. Uh, there's a lot of bombshells that have been dropped on the alien fan community the past few days. Um, so we're just going to get right into it. Um, I've been MIA for a while. I went on a little vacation and, uh, Jamie recorded with William Robbie from the Wayland Tani Bulletin. So we're back. Indeed. Indeed. What do you think? Uh, well, what do you think of, uh, well, the big news, Numi Rapace is on board <laughs> Alien Covenant, but... Uh, it seems like it's a small role or it's a small, you know, whatever. It's only a week of filming. What do you think? Um, it it kind of just, in my opinion, it confirms our suspicions that she's going to have a less predominant role than she did in the last film. Mm-hmm. I think this is going to focus way more on the crew of the ship that's going to find the Prometheus. Mm-hmm. The ship's the Covenant, isn't it? Yes. Okay. So they're they're continuing that theme from the last film. Um, so I feel like it's going to focus more on the crew of the covenant and I feel like David will have a more prominent role. Yes, I agree. Uh, you know, to be honest with you, uh, there's a lot that I like Prometheus. You know that I've talked about that. I don't hate the film. I don't really like the things that make me really angry, which we've gone over ad nauseum. Uh, but unfortunately one of the things I dislike the most is the character of Shaw. I agree. Uh, I, I just don't like her. Um, and it's not that I don't like her like she was a bad she's a bad guy and so you don't like the bad guys. No. She was just poorly ex- written and poorly executed. Um, and they made this, you know, Danish woman or whatever she wherever she's from. I think it's she's maybe no Swedish. I think she's from Sweden. Um, she they tried to make her into this British woman and they gave her this lousy English accent that she couldn't really pull off. Um, and then she had to kind of fashion a character around this this piece that they gave her of Elizabeth Shaw and she was one note. She was Miss Goody Two Shoes. And, uh, you know, I was talking with William Robbie today, the admin and founder of, uh, the Wayland Tiny Bulletin. And, uh, he said it took the wind out of his sails. And I, I completely agree. Like, I just was like, Oh, the further, the further away we can get from Prometheus, the better, the better off this film's going to be. At the I agree. Same, yeah. At the same time, she's only shooting for a week. I suspect that when they find her, it's not going to be her. I think she's going to be uh, in some type of costume. I think she's going to have some type of prosthetics. I think that she's not going to be the Elizabeth Shaw that we left. No. She's going to be re- barely recognizable. She's going to be almost like the clone Ripley that they rip that Ripley 8 finds in Alien Resurrection. Extreme, the one on the table. Yeah, extremely deformed, deadly but still somewhat conscious of who she is. I don't know. Wild speculation. That's my hope, I guess. Um, I'm not interested in seeing Elizabeth Shaw in the incarnation that we were used to seeing her in. Now, you know that I dislike her just as much as you. Yeah. Um, now, not to discredit Numi Rapace, because I think she's a phenomenal actress. I mean, everything else that she's been in, yes. I think, has been like Oscar-worthy. I agree. Absolutely. And there were definitely elements of Shaw's character that I thought fit. Um, but there's just so much about her that really doesn't make sense. And yeah. it's like they wanted to give the audience a, a pseudo Ripley or like a proto Ripley, but not. And at the same time, they wanted to distance themselves from the Ripley formula. So it's it, it really doesn't make sense a lot about Shaw. Um, but like I said, there were some parts I like. 
uh, about Shaw, but she just seemed kind of like a pushover to me. Yeah, and you know, I would say the the med pod scene, fantastic. She was awesome in it. That was the best part of the whole film, in my opinion. I really felt like there was an, a, a real character there when she was in that scene. It was real. I felt real danger. I felt I, I really could kind of sense. I don't know. I just had a sense of character in that scene. Um, <clears throat> man, that scene had me cringing so hard. Yeah, it was <laughs> we um, need that in Covenant. Yeah, and then when she's running down the hallway and she's like in pain, um, I, I really sensed. I don't maybe I don't know. Who, not that I sensed who she was, but she did a great job acting that scene. Um, other than that, I just don't know who Shaw was. I don't know what she was supposed to be. I wasn't looking for a Ripley character. I was just looking for a good character, and I didn't find it in her. Um, and, again, she was just this one note. like, And there's one scene that comes to mind that I talked about before um, with Shaw was when she's in her quarters and and hollow, hollow character, well, <laughs> <laughs> Holloway, uh, he comes in and they're talking about something and they're talking about what they've discovered, DNA, blah, 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 bullshit. Um, and then they're talking about creating life. And then he's talking about it with her. And then she goes, I can't create life. And she goes, <laughs> and then she starts crying. It was just like, it was awful. It was cringeworthy. Um, that was just as cringeworthy as the med pod scene. Well, in a different way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Equally cringeworthy, but for Equally different reasons. Cringeworthy, yes. So anyways, so my hope with Shaw, I hope that when they discover Shaw, it's much like the discovery of the space jockey. It's mysterious. It's um, quiet. They don't know what they're seeing. It's like um, the air gets sucked out of the room. Yeah, they think, they, they think they're seeing a human, but it's clearly not human. And that uh, it's a discovery. Um, and that's what I really hope Covenant gets into is the discovery, the silence. And I feel like that's going to be what well, we can get into that further. But that's my hope with Shaw. Um, clearly, many people are excited about it. We posted that news, or I should say um, our friend Aaron Percival posted that through our page. And it, you know, we've got like it reached thousands of people, thousands of people. A lot of people are excited about that. So clearly there's an audience about who, who enjoy her or it was just very surprising news because like, we were told for months and months yes. on end that no she's not going to be in this movie yeah at they all did jay abrams uh khan's not in this khan's not in this khan's in this you know <laughs> which is odd well i mean it's kind of like uh alien isolation i mean they were they rode the uh, press train on that one pretty hard but they you know mum's the word on that one they uh they told people that there would only be one alien for the entire game, and that was not true. Mm. <laughs> they, I'm not going to spoil it because I know you're playing it, but uh, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, just, uh, just it's, a surprise. It's just it's a surprise. weird, and I I wonder if they're doing this like they saw. I I can't help but think they're monitoring what fans are thinking or what fans are saying or thinking, thinking through social media, discussing. And they're like, we need to include her. There needs to be closure for this character um, because there hasn't, there wasn't closure for Ripley or there hasn't been yet. Um, I mean, arguably alien three is closure enough for Ripley. Um, but anyways, um, so I don't know. I, I don't know what to think, why they decided, or was this the plan all along? It could have been. Maybe she was just, uh, she had previous engagements. I'm sure she's a busy gal. But yeah. um, I, I think the Shaw that we saw in the film was different than the Shaw that was in the uh, promotional material, like the yes. TED Talks, or not TED Talks, the uh, Wayland videos. Yes. That She looks like an almost entirely different person in those. Yeah, you're right. She it, seems like she was acting in a different capacity in the film yeah. than the promotional stuff. Yep, she seems more realistic, more believable in the promo and those in, that fake interview than she seemed in um, Prometheus, for sure. Mm -hmm. um, and I think, really, ultimately, it comes down to, I don't know if Numi Rapace fully understood herself who the character she was playing. She, I don't think, she doesn't have much clout. Um, she's a, a celebrated actor, but she doesn't, she hasn't won an Academy Award. She hasn't been nominated for an Academy Award. She doesn't have much say so. So she has to do what they tell her to do. Right. I mean, I'm sure that they hear her input, 
but she doesn't own the character like Sigourney Weaver owns Ripley. By the time Aliens came around, Sigourney Weaver was like, uh, no, and if you're going to do this, it's going to have to be in a way that I understand Ripley. And they're like, oh, okay. Um, and that's how it's been um, since then. She's really had control over who Ripley is to her benefit because I think she understands Ripley really well. Um, but I, Numi Rapace doesn't have that. I don't think... She doesn't really have the authority because she's not as, um, she's probably not as decorated as Sigourney. Yes. But and she's been in this, the film business as long and all that stuff. She, you know, you know, Prometheus wasn't a big, big enough hit to really put her on the map. Um, and that's funny though, because they called it, uh, in recent days, they're calling Covenant an ensemble picture, just like Prometheus. But I don't really feel like Prometheus was an ensemble <clears throat> picture. It definitely had a great cast, but I just feel like so much of it was misdirected. Yeah. I mean, I have to say uh, Idris Elba and um, oh God, I'm drawing blanks here. Idris Elba as Yannick and his crew, I thought they were really good characters. I mean, albeit a little dumb in a couple spots, but yeah, little, little little stiff, not much realization. And I think part of that problem was there was too many characters. With yeah, it, um, you had you know. How many? Ripley, Lambert, Ash, Kane, Dallas, Parker, Brett. Seven characters. That's it. What so you got you, was what you got with that. Yeah. And so you had the time in those two hours to really build those characters. In Prometheus, we have Holloway and Shaw and Vickers and David and Biologist and Geologist and... Cardboard character and Strongman. Peter Whelan and... Um, then uh, the other woman who is the, I mean, you had probably 10 to 11 characters that you had to kind of build apart from the world building that's going on. And then the engineers that were trying to get to know what I felt were more character, had more character than the actual human characters. Um, but anyways, um, so it'll be interesting to see with covenant, if this is truly an ensemble picture, um, and, uh, well flushed out, they're going to be, it could certainly, uh, end up being an ensemble picture depending on how well the film fares i mean yeah. people are people are so opposed to the casting of a couple of the characters in there um and we've even gotten some backlash about uh i almost said sam waterston because uh, <laughs> that's that's her dad but uh that's her father yeah you didn't know that that makes sense no i didn't i no, that makes sense totally i can see it in the eyes yeah huh. um interesting her name's elizabeth right uh um, Elizabeth Waterston? Yes, I think so. Uh, no, it is not. Are we forgetting her name that easily, that quickly? Goodness. Catherine Waterston. Catherine, yeah. That's, that's, yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking Elizabeth Shaw, so it made a little bit of sense to me, you know? Yeah. Uh, uh, actually, I've been watching Inherent Vice, and she's in it. Um, and she's really kind of pixie-ish. She's got very pixie features um and the images that we shared on our page with her there's a, a total family resemblance to ripley and it's funny because i posted that image everybody's like no you're blind I, you know, i was like really and i think people this is what people when you do things like that people say well look at the resemblance and people think she people think automatically it doesn't look like they think oh you're you're saying that they look she looks like ripley's twin no I'm saying she has large, dark eyes like Ripley. She has her mouth pulled back like Ripley. Her skin on her face looks like Ripley. She's got dark features like Ripley. They look like they could be related. It's an uncanny resemblance. I see the um, resemblance as well. I wouldn't go so far as to say that she'd be Ripley's twin, like people would try and put in our mouth. But, yeah, I, I can see it. Not at all. And that's not what I was saying either. But people think, um, and yeah, it's just like, oh, you, these women have enough in common that you can, uh, they just seem like they would be related. So anyways, yeah, um, everybody's yeah. different. Everybody has their two cents. Uh, and then, then you have yeah, Danny uh, McBride, you have Danny McBride in the cast, who's a yeah. phenomenal actor in his own yeah. right, mainly known for comedies, but that's okay. I've seen him pretty serious. Have you ever watched Eastbound and Down? I haven't. Good. Have, oh, okay. Yeah. It sounded like we had an issue. You haven't oh. seen Eastbound and Down? Uh -uh. Oh, it's really good. It's about this. Um, it's it's kind of drama, kind of comedy. It's like a dramedy, I guess. Um, okay. 
it's about this washed up former professional baseball player and he's coming to terms with like normal life after okay. he like leaves the team and it's it's really funny but it's also really serious at many points and it's just something you should watch it's really good but he was phenomenal in that and i'm i'm hoping his character shapes up to be a really strong one in uh, covenant yeah and I have no problem with his casting, to be honest with you. I know a lot of people do, but I mean, if someone would have, you know, said that, um, what's his name, who played Brett, played Brett in Alien, I would, you know, people would have said Dean the same. Stanton. Harry Dean Stanton. Yeah, I mean, it's a similar character. Um, I, I don't, when people make a big stink about that kind of thing, who are so-called Alien fans, I'm thinking you must not be a, as big a fan as you think, because look at aliens. I mean, look, you know, you had Paul Reiser who was a comedian who wasn't playing a comedic role, but people, you know, I mean, if he was cast nowadays, people like Paul Reiser, why he doesn't belong in an alien film. It would be the same thing. So whatever, I don't give a shit. Like, come on, like let's, this is, if anything, it's, it's, it's in line with, with films of the past. And uh, so I welcome it. And I think Danny McBride is a good enough actor that he can pull off. I'm sure it's a bit of a comedic role as well, or maybe not so much a comedic role, but it's a, a role that's has comedy infused so that it kind of. Well, I mean, look at Parker and Brett. I mean, those guys couldn't take any fucking thing seriously. Absolutely. And they endeared themselves to us, you know, that whole, right. You know, um, right. Like when Ripley came down to the, you know, to where they were, that was a hilarious scene. It was great. Um, and it was filled with tension too, even though they were being funny, it was also very tense. Cause you know, one of them, like if, if it escalated any further, one of them would like pull out the fists. Yeah. Yeah. The fisticuffs. Uh, and I'm sure uh, Ripley would have as well. <laughs> she would have been like, what the fuck you think you're doing? <laughs> um, that's what I love about her. Um, man or woman she doesn't she wouldn't take any prisoners yeah but i'm i i think bringing somebody who's more known as a comedian on board to this serious science fiction horror drama film that would allow the film to establish itself more towards the roots of alien because that had a lot of funny moments a lot of tense moments like you were saying and it had some fucking scary moments too Absolutely. A lot of the film, it was just so intense and horrifying. Mm-hmm. A lot of the scenes. Yeah, and really with Prometheus, there was no real. I mean, there was attempts at comedy, but nothing was. It was really dire and serious. Attempts um, at comedy. I, I mean, I'd I'd wager the film was a comedy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> In many ways, it was a big joke, maybe. Um, <laughs> but uh, so yeah, I mean, I think uh, I really, you know, despite some kind of. Um, initial like oh shit new uh shaw is back uh as i kind of talk myself down as, as we talk now i'm confident i think that really fox is really and ridley they know what they're doing um which we can kind of segue into some this new photo that we're seeing yes um if anybody's not aware the official alien page on facebook the one that's verified and everything um they posted a picture of danny mcbride and director Ridley Scott on the set. And it looks like the Bridge of the Covenant, but I'm not entirely sure. But there's these chairs, um, and there's consoles, and just computers, and buttons, and all sorts of stuff. And it looks it looks like a really nice blend between lo-fi sci-fi that Alien prides itself on, and some of uh, modern technology that we would see in a film today, sci-fi film today. Totally. What do you? How, how are you responding to it? What do you think? Oh, I'm so excited now. <laughs> Me too. It, it's like uh, it's like those little videos and pictures we got from the Star Wars page um, mm-hmm. while they were filming The Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. It's just like, oh, I'm so excited. But I mean, at the same time, it's careful optimism because I know last time I got excited for Alien anything film wise, it got burnt. Yeah. Um, I think it's interesting the timing of this photo. Um, so it gets released or leaked and it's reported on by, um, variety and, uh, what's that other film page, whatever. Some, I don't know what it is. PC gamer shared it too. Yeah. But there was one deadline. I think deadline dropped this news and then variety picked it up. Um, 
Uh, it's interesting. So they pick up this news. Numi is back. And then the next day, uh, Fox, through their alien page, releases an image. And I love it. Um, oh, me too. Said, oh, it reminds me of Tron. I'm like, no, 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 no. It does not remind me of Tron. Tron was, reminds me of Alien. If yeah, anything. and, and <laughs> anything, the colors of it remind me of Blade Runner. And it's got this darkness yes. to it that I saw in Alien, this kind of murkiness to it that's really, I just feel myself responding to. Um, <clears throat> it has a I, lot of that um, outrun or that... Uh, the cyberpunk feel that alien kind of borrows a little bit from now. Yes. Now I, I can't say that alien borrows from that inherently because a lot of those trends emerged in the eighties well after alien came out. Yeah. But that just general aesthetic of the worn in sci-fi look mixed with, you know, the blade runner vibe or outland vibe, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Just dirty, grimy sci-fi. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and if you notice the, the console, it's some type of console, maybe it's on the bridge of the covenant. I don't know. Um, there's flip, there's switches and it looks like, you know, the screen in alien is kind of has that DOS feel. Um, if you look at the screens there, it has that same feel and the readouts look like this green imagery, green text or whatever. Um, same type of thing that we saw in alien. So, and then, and the it looks other very similar. I'm looking at the picture right now. Yeah. And another thing I noticed that gets me very excited is the hula girl on the uh, counter. Yeah, yeah. That is such a nod to the original. Now, this this goes back to the whole argument: uh, the garbage truck versus the science research vessel, vessel mm -hmm. in com comparing the Nostromo and the Prometheus. But this looks like a really nice middle ground between the two. Yeah, actually, I just clicked on... Oh, wow, 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 wow. Okay, so this is the first time I'm just clicking right now on um, the image that from the Alien website. Mission the Alien Briefing. Facebook page, and I'm seeing it huge. Wow, wow, it's amazing. Um, yeah, there's a little spherical ball that looks like it has propellers or something on it that's hanging next to Danny McBride's face. Mm -hmm. And then I'm looking at the console, and there's all these switches that you flip. This looks um, like something straight out of Alien. Absolutely. Um, there's a little bit of a higher tech feel. Um, there's some type of uh, uh, projection on Ripley's ar or Ripley Ridley's arm um, of like these white little lights. Mm -hmm. I don't know what that's about, but um, wow, it just has a really like you can see over there, like um, behind Ridley and behind or in front of the console, like. Um, just very techy, almost look like levers, but I don't know if they're levers or not. Um, a very dark, it's a very interior dark space. Wow, it's just amazing. This picture is amazing. Yeah, and then you have the headsets hanging from the ceiling that look almost, but not quite 100%, like the headsets in every science fiction film ever from the 80s. <laughs> you know, the ones that are in The Terminator and Alien and Star Wars. Yeah. The ones we posted about. Um, yeah, what are those called again? I forget, but they were, I think they were military headsets that were sold in surplus in England. I can't remember. Somebody will correct us on that. But Yeah, yeah, the hula girl on there is cool. And all these things, the hula girl, the little ball thing that's hanging, these just point to character, and which gets me to another point. These images that we're seeing, yes, they're showing you the interior, but they're images of Ridley Scott with the characters from the film. They're pointing to characters. These shots are about characters. And also certainly the character of the of the world that we're joining in or that we're, we're entering in. And aside from a couple of GIFs that were posted of like the lights in the hallway, we are seeing character, character, character. Um, it's not like, oh, the sets, the sets are great. We know the sets will be great. No problems there. Um, I really feel like they're, they're focusing in on character. Yeah. <clears throat> Um, there's that picture of Ridley in front of the helmet, and then blur, kind of blurry in the background is uh, Michael Fassbender. Just, just those pictures, you can just see, you can see the camaraderie in that picture. It's blurry, yeah. but you can see it. These people care about each other inside and outside of their roles, that kind of thing. Yeah. And you can see the passion in Ridley. He's not pointing fingers. He's not saying we need to do this. Mm -hmm. He's listening. He's telling people 
his opinion. It looks like he's taking opinions, that kind of thing. So we're really seeing some characterization inside and outside of the roles. Yeah, it, where it feels collaborative. It feels like, you know, Ridley Scott's at the helm, but he, people are listening and he's listening, you know. Um, it's very, very interesting. I, I mean, I, I'm this photo I just can't get enough of. I don't know why I didn't click on it earlier today. Um, I was just looking at the little one the whole time. Like squinting, like what's in this picture? And now I can see the full thing. I like that it's a practical set too. Yeah. Instead of just uh, oh, this is all blue screen. Yeah, there's no blue screen inside in this photo. Um, and to be honest with you, uh, this picture doesn't look anything like any part of the Prometheus ship. No, nothing. not, not at all. Doesn't feel like it whatsoever. Nothing feels like Prometheus. Um, there's just this, so much more of a darker vibe on this one. Like yeah. uh, like. We've we've seen very little, granted. Oh yeah. But just looking at what we have so far, what they've released, news wise, picture wise, all that, it's just so much darker. Like this is so much more of an adult film that Ridley wants the audience to take seriously. Yeah. This is going to be one of his masterpieces. I hope so. I do. And I hope it's rated R. Um if they can do it with Deadpool, they can sure as fuck do it with covenant um and not rated r just for the sake of rate having it rated r but really have it that that r just kind of really signifying what's in store that this is a harsh film that this film uh, there's a lot i mean i know prometheus is rated r but i don't really know why it was rated r maybe for the blood um there was only one f-bomb um in it it wasn't you know there was no real there was no nudity there was no sex um Certainly, the imagery was a bit harsh, so I could maybe understand that. But that should and, have been a PG thirteen film. That could have been. gotten away with it. And there was remember the lobby for it to be R. People were like, "Oh, it needs to be R. It needs to be R." And then finally, Fox says, "Okay, it's, it will let it be R," and they, it was rated R. But it was a very well, light R. That would have to do more with the editing of the film to make it that way, because the MPAA has the final say on it, don't they? Yeah, they do. But you can Motion Picture Association. Yeah, so they can edit the film to kind of ensure a certain rating because um, i know uh predator 2 the original cut of that which i think was around three hours that was the very first film to get an nc-17 rating and they figured it wouldn't do well so they're like yeah we need to recut this huh. so they cut it back and then it was rated r that's one of the goriest films i've ever seen it was pretty gory i haven't seen predator 2 in a long 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 time but i need to watch it again i actually really enjoyed predator 2 when i saw it that's this my favorite like, one to be honest and i always get like, i always get tossed to the wolves people are like you're not a real fan i guess it's like saying you like alien resurrection the most but predator yeah, 2 is the better I, I, i'm with you there I, I don't know if it was my favorite i would say i certainly enjoyed it more than the first one um i don't know i just felt like you know and of course um What's his name was in it? Hudson. Um, killed by a predator, killed by an Will alien. Paxton. Um, it's funny that he's in both of these huge franchises. Three and in the Terminator. Yeah, Terminator, Aliens, or the Alien franchise and the Predator franchise. Anyways, um, but yeah, we'll see. I, I would imagine this film is going to be R. Um, I think really this is going to be the film that we all wanted to see with Prometheus. Um, it's going to be a writing of the ship. Excuse the pun. <laughs> uh, but yeah. But let's... That would shifts back into this idea of mystery. Um, and I've really, really been processing Alien, the first Alien film. And I would say, to be honest with you, and I've said before, oh, I think my fav favorite film has been Alien and then Alien 3. I don't think I've been completely truthful with that. I think I've said that just because I feel like I should. Um, or no, I was maybe even being honest with myself. Really, my favorite film has been Alien 3. It has been Alien 3 for a long time. And then and then Alien and then Aliens. But the, the truth is I've watched Aliens more. Alien and Alien more than I've seen Alien. But I've really been exploring Alien lately. Um, oh, yes. And, well, I mean, that's kind of the whole reason we're here. <laughs> yeah, it is. I mean, it starts it. Um, and as I've been exploring Alien, I've a couple of things come to come to mind and of the way that really the film is kind of like forbidden planet where it's an exploratory film and they're, they're, they're not explorers, but they end up exploring to find out where this is beacon coming from. Why are we here? And so then you have this section of the film where there's very, very little talking um, except for through the comms when Lambert, Dallas and Kane are, are out on the terrain. 
and they're just exploring and they're climbing and it's silent. And it, with that, I want to play um, that section in, in Alien uh, when they discover um, the the uh, uh, what do you call it the um, the space jockey just to kind of so people can hear. Of course, we know what it looks like, but just to hear it. Um, I think it would be really important and uh, just to understand how important Alien is and how important the tone of it was. So I'm going to play that. been dead a long time, fossilized, looks like it's grown out of the chair. Bones have been outward, like he exploded from inside. Okay. Wow. How amazing is that? Even just hearing the audio, you know, um, I, I don't know. Like for me, I, I really, that's what I want from an alien film. Um, and I've, as I've been processing the alien trilogy. Um, Cause really, that's really all. That's really the films that we explore with the alien, with our podcast is the first three films. And they then, made a fourth one. I didn't know that. I know. I know. I just found out about it myself. It's pretty terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you know, I mean, we we talk about Blade Runner and Prometheus and all that stuff too, but the core, the core, and the heart of of our fandom is the Alien trilogy. Yeah, all week long. And Aliens, of course, is very, very, very different. It's not about a film about discovery. It's a film that's really, it's certainly a science fiction film, but it's really a film with a point and a message, which is great. I love the film. I think it's a, in terms of sequels, it's unrivaled. It's an amazing, amazing film. Um, and then Alien 3 comes in and takes a completely different route. It's a more of a, it's a quieter film, much like Alien, but there's no exploration. There's no discovery. Uh, there's no sense of awe or wonder. Um, I love, what I love about Alien is that there's a sense of awe and wonder. And we're given the time to gestate, excuse the pun, um, what we're seeing and the images that we're seeing. And you see these people walking like, what is this? And if you, I mentioned this in the round table, the last episode, there's some scenes in, in Prometheus, obviously where they're going into this place and they're discovering these things, but they're talking the whole time. Um, Prometheus, they're not letting the scenery do the talking. Yeah. They're not letting the scenery do the talking. <laughs> It's like, are you seeing Prometheus? What's happening? Oh no, it's changing. We better go. Let's go. Come on. Who are they? Where are they going? It's like, shut the 
fuck up, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, and let the audience explore. Let us explore. And the brilliance of Alien is that same exploration. It's that same... Um, it's the, the patience that let's let the audience enjoy this. Let's let the audience do this. And even um, and another thing that I want to play um, from Alien is when they bring Kane in and they try to remove the facehugger. Um, but yeah, what, what are your thoughts? On um, just the mystery of Alien? Yeah. Or? What, what, yeah. Um, it's just so bleak and it's dark and it just kind of has like that rain cloud feeling over your head. Mm-hmm. Like the whole time you're watching Alien and there's so many questions that still have yet to be answered, you know, 30 something years later. Yeah. Um, which is awesome because I like films that make me think, and I like a lot of films that don't make me think that are just face value. But um, Alien raises a lot of questions and I feel like a lot of, the first and the third film make you look into yourself and it's like, well, how do you feel about this? Mm-hmm. But if Covenant really wants to be successful, I think it has to capture a lot of the momentum that um, the original Alien had. It needs to have the suspense and it has to have the shock factor. Um, like, just just walking into the space jockey chamber, it's this huge room and you see these tiny little astronauts walking in and that kind of thing. And then they're like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. There needs to be moments like that where they just kind of look at each other like, is this happening? Is this real? Yeah. Because yeah. that shows the, the genuine acting ability and the believability of the characters right there. And I think Covenant needs to have that, whereas Prometheus did not have that. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, I think about movies that affected me as a kid. And, like, for instance, I, I listened to the soundtrack to a movie called The Black Stallion. I don't know if you've seen it. Uh, I have not. Um, the Black Stallion was uh, produced by Francis Ford Coppola. I don't think he directed it. Maybe he directed it as well. But I think he produced it, actually. Um, and, uh, and the music, it, there's a lot of – the first – 45 minutes of the film, except for when it starts off on this boat, a lot, a lot of it is without dialogue and you're just watching what's happening. It's, um, the images are telling the story, um, much like alien. Um, and I listen to that soundtrack a lot because whenever I hear the music, it takes me right back into that sense of wonder when I first saw that film with my dad, um, and all of that. And when I watch alien, I feel that same way. The music, I feel like I'm sitting in a theater in 1979. You know, there's this sense of like, even though I've seen it many, many times, I am, I'm, I'm teleported right back to that moment of wonder. And uh, that's what I miss from movies, not just alien films, but movies in general is that sense of wonder, that sense of exploration and discovery. And some films are so full of CG and exposition that they're explaining to you what we see we're, Okay, we're telling you what we're saying. We're telling you what we're saying. And because it's like, let's not, and let's not just, we're telling you what we're saying because we, we're really explaining this to the audience so that they know what they're saying too. When in fact, it's the idea that you don't know what you're saying that makes it scary. You're seeing right. this jockey in this chair. You don't know what it is. Your, your mind's like, what the fuck is this thing? Is it going to get up? Is it really dead? Are we sure? And that last, that last shot where you see its eyes glowing, um, it's like, it's, I remember when I first saw that, I saw the glowing, uh, when the, it's like a fade out, a long fade out from that shot. And you see the, the, the eyes of this thing. And I remember it's thinking, terrifying. yeah, and I was thinking, is this thing going to get up? What, it, what's going to happen? And it didn't, but my mind was anticipating something to happen. The, the proverbial, what if, if it did. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I miss that terribly in films. I miss that trust, that sense of wonder. Um, you keep bringing up the sense of wonder, and I and and to me, that sense of wonder is kind of like it's it's the movie equivalent of stepping into a Disney park for the first time. Like you just look around, and it's like, wow, there's so much going on here. And then you get down to the nitty gritty, and all of it's as good. And I think Alien is kind of like that, but in a pretty morbid sense. <laughs> well, I, I would, I would, my analogy would be stepping into a forest. 
um, yeah, the yeah. red forest, and you're overwhelmed by what you're seeing. And you've seen pictures or you've heard, and you've been in maybe other forests that are also really beautiful, but you step into the redwood forest and you see these trees that have been there for hundreds or thousands of years. Um, and the awe and the sense of wonder and the sense of, like, um, I've never seen this, where your eyes are seeing something it's never seen. Like, I've been to the Grand Canyon, um, and when I first saw it in, in person, I couldn't even explain to you how I was feeling. And then, like, we went and explored some of the Anastasi ruins, which are, like, abandoned villages on the sides of mountains. Yeah, yeah, those are pretty cool. And that sense of, like, these things are out in the middle of nowhere, and there you are, and the... And it's sunlight, and it's sunset, and the set sun's hitting these villages on the sides of cliffs, and you're just like, "Am I on Earth still?" You don't know where you are, you know. Yeah, it's because that's it's, the it's, kind of wonder. Um, yeah. And Alien really hits that for me. Um, the Black Stallion hits that for me. There are many, many films that do that for me, um, and the music is just right. And um, and I really, we were talking in the 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 roundtable. I don't know if you've been able to listen to the full episode yet, but we were talking about what we expect from an alien film. And I don't, I don't want to see alien again, but what I do want to see is that sense of wonder. And I want to feel that I want to feel that sense of discovery. And of course they're going to a new planet, this colony ship. So that should be built in, you know, um, hope to see it and then feel some of that terror that they experience when they encounter something they didn't expect. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Cause you have to figure you don't want something that's gonna force awakens the original. You know mm. what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you don't want it to kind of rehash what's happening in the original. And th- and that's okay. Everybody argues about the Force Awakens. It's awesome, but Star Wars is pretty derivative of itself, and that's okay because it's Star Wars. But Alien is a different franchise, and Alien. Um, what am I trying to say? <laughs> I'm just no word, I hear word well, vomit. I Alien. Would... Alien yeah. is so finite and and what makes it alien that if it was to retread the original with covenant that i i feel like it'd be too much of a pandering or fan service it needs to have dna from uh from alien but it needs to be covenant it needs to have its own brand its own identity that kind of thing but enough that people are like, wow, you know, this reminds me of, you know, kind of like what we were saying. We were saying the picture that got put up today reminds us of the bridge on the Nostromo. Mm-hmm. It's just like that that sense of, oh, wow, you know, this this really looks like an alien movie. Because I, I think you've mentioned in previous podcasts, you said you went and saw Prometheus, and, and at the end somebody was like, this is an alien film? Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's just not recognizable. It, it has no identity. It's that alien film mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then totally. covenant has the potential to be another great alien film yeah and a great prequel and when alien films have failed you know uh and what i'm really talking about here is alien resurrection it's because they're too derivative of themselves alien resurrection was just mishmash of marines and alien on a ship in space but more than one um and failed miserably because it's like we've seen this before and we've seen it done better and each of the alien films and arguably aliens there's some there's some things that james cameron did in aliens that are directly lifted i mean the final countdown the you know the uh you know the they set for self-destruct and then the, the lone spaceship getting out of it before the thing blows up very much like the first film but there's enough in it that makes it wildly different than the first Alien film. Um, Oh, yes. And then Alien 3 is like uh, a beast unto itself, excuse the pun. Um, Absolutely, like, it doesn't continue that story of Marines in in space. It's like, no, here is the end, and we're sorry. It's not a happy one. You just kind of have to deal with it and grow up. And that's what I love about it. It has balls or ovaries. And then, and then one of the other great things about the franchise, the trilogy, is that while they all have this, the central piece that is Ripley that ties it all together, it's because it's her story. Each one is so unique. It has its own identity. They're their own films. Mm-hmm. You could watch them all on their own, and they would all make sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you might have to do some research, but um, 
catch up. But you can, you can watch any of the Alien films entirely on their own, which is how I did it. I saw Aliens when I was probably, oh, God, I don't know. I, I just remember watching Aliens way before I saw Alien fully because I remember growing up. I was the same. Yeah, I'm, I mean, growing up we saw, um, I mean, Alien might have been on HBO a couple times, but we never watched the whole thing. But um, I, I just remember buying Aliens, the VHS tape, at the library for like a quarter. And I, just, I was just like, oh my goodness, this is so good. Mm-hmm. And I realized that there was an alien. And I was like, oh no, here we go. <laughs> and then Alien 3, and I was so disappointed for many years. But then I grew up, became an adult, and then I liked it. Yeah, uh, I, I completely, I'm vibing with you. Um, I very similar, ex, uh, you know, um, exposure to the films, um, and then Alien Three. Well, although for me, Alien Three was the film that I really latched onto the most, just because I was in, just because of the way I was growing up, and it was in a similar position, um, feeling like a prisoner at a very young age, blah blah blah. Um, but uh, I, uh, they're they're all singular films. They all they have really a great vision and um the 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 three the three canon films um or at least films that i consider canon um yeah um and, you know, but a, a, a small aside um i posted in the bulletin the wayland yutani bulletin a picture of alien from alien resurrection of sigourney after she's kind of backing out of the clone room scene and i i was talking about what upsets me the most about alien resurrection and it wasn't so much that even it was a the whole thing movie. being an abomination or yeah well yeah i mean what upsets me the most about that film was you know in the film they talk about ripley as the host and she's kind of a byproduct of the cloning procedure and i really said that's kind of really who their the character ended up being they brought ripley back and they're like okay oh all right well you come along with us so all right oh you've seen these things oh it was in a past life oh okay. she had nothing to do um, she was characterless. She had no, there was no impetus for her. And maybe that was something that her character was grasping for herself. Like, well, where do I belong? Um, but to have Ripley in an alien film, um, not do anything, not be of any importance, um, not really have a journey. That's what angered me the most. You take this amazing character and you bring her back, but she's not the same, which she wouldn't be cause she's cloned or whatever. Um, they could have, they could have really explored, her memories, like genetic memories of her, a kind of her eight, her Ripley sister, the original and her kind of reliving some of that and remembering some of that, that would have been really, really interesting. Um, but they didn't. And she was just kind of walking along and there was no, she wasn't afraid of the alien. She felt like more akin to them. And that was my biggest contention was that she, you know, they kind of, they brutalized, uh, and I, I don't want to use the term rape because I just feel like that's a very heavy term and that's a serious term, but I just feel like they really, um, the writing, Joss Whedon, the writing of her just really, uh, it just dumbed her down and made her this kind of walking freak. Um, and that's, she, she deserved better than that. And that was, Oh, she definitely did. Um, but, uh, we'll see, we'll see what, uh, Bloomkamp does. Um, there's talk that, uh, production's almost about to start on, uh, on Bloomkamp's Alien. I'm not going to tell you who told me that, but <laughs> that's just what I'm hearing. Um, which is why, uh, what's her name? Carrie Hen. We just posted a picture of Carrie Hen on our page. Oh, she's looking beautiful. She looks fantastic. She's just turned 40, but she look she looks like she's like 28. She looks great. She looks younger um, than that. Don't she's kid lost yourself. a lot of weight. She's grown her hair long. Um, there's heavy speculation that Bloomkamp's Alien is about to start production. Heavy, heavy, heavy speculation. I would not be surprised, in all honesty. But I wanted to play another scene from Alien. Um, And this is the scene of uh, when they're trying to get that facehugger off of Kane. And again, a lot of it is visual. Of course, we're going to be listening to it, and I'll be seeing it, but still, we're going to be really listening to the audio. Um, And I just think it's another fascinating scene of, of... how people react in a situation that they've never been in, and they're seeing something that they don't even think is possible. Yeah. So here goes. I won't even take that chance. Just cut it off. And, uh, you take responsibility? Yes, yes, I'll take responsibility. Now. Get him out of here. Well, where do you want to do this? I'm making a decision just to lay the knuckle there. Right here. Stand by him. 
That crap's gonna eat through the hole. That thing's gonna eat through the goddamn hole. Come on! What's going on? This way. Next deck. Except uh, molecular acid. You must be using it for blood. It's got a wonderful defense mechanism. You don't dare kill it. That's pure gold. Yeah. <clears throat> and you know, again, you have the audience discovering this thing, this creature. Um, at the same time, the crew is. So we're all learning, you know. And I think that's so so important. And uh, I think that there's enough unexplored in the alien saga and the alien universe, what's like egg morphing or whatever, um, that the audience can still discover more about this creature and discover more about, you know, and learn with the crew, like, Hey, what's happening? We don't know what's happening. Um, just the silence that, that, uh, Ridley Scott affords these scenes. Um, and that there's not a lot of talking and there's like, Oh, Hey, be careful. And, um, just the responses. Uh, it's, I just, I'm in love. <laughs> Um, it's pretty I, great. It is. It's a, it's a perfect movie. I mean, I, it's just a perfect exercise in beautiful filmmaking that doesn't need a lot of exposition because the images tell the story. Um, do you have a scene like that that affects you maybe the most or a lot in the in Alien? Um, it's hard to single things out because the entire thing is just a fucking banger. It's a masterpiece, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, I think one of the first scenes when they're listening to the distress signal, quote unquote, that sort of thing, when they're listening to that, yes, they're all just they're all just sitting around like impatient. Somebody's talking over, and it's like, "Shut up! We're trying to listen," you know, like that kind of thing. Like they're just they're trying to figure out what's going on, and so is the audience. And that the timing on that is just perfect. Yes, and I think as you were just talking, I was thinking in my head. I think the difference is. This was filmed like it wasn't a movie. That we're a part of the crew. I'm on the Nostromo with these people. I'm one of the crew. Maybe I don't have a name or whatever, um, but I'm one of the crew. And then you fast forward to... Um, and Aliens is much like that. We feel like we're kind of part of this journey. And Alien 3, again, you're kind of with Ripley in this prison colony, and you're trapped in this prison colony with this beast. Prometheus felt like a movie. Prometheus was a movie. It was like a, a popcorn movie where we know it's a movie, the actors know it's a movie, all this exposition like it's a movie, as opposed to a work of art that brings you in as a member and it gives you the respect of an, as another crew member. I think Alien Isolation, why it's so successful is because you are a part of this crew um, and you're, you feel like you belong there. You feel like you're a part of the adventure, you know, and that's what makes a successful film is when you feel like you're on this journey with everyone else. Um, and I think... That's how Covenant is going to be successful. If the audience feels like I'm, I'm one of the colonists who, who has gone to this other planet, um, that's what makes films successful. I mean, I think of, uh, you know, uh, the successful films of Spielberg and, um, you know, Coppola and Scorsese, all of those films have brought the audience along on this journey and said, we respect you enough that we're treating you like another character. And we want you to, you're not, smarter than the people in the film you're as smart as the people in the film you know definitely 
So that's what I got. I just felt like it was important uh, to really, I mean, and there's so much more, really uh, persuade ever, anyone and everyone to watch Alien again and really see why this film series is important, see the birth of it, the, the original, you know, and um, maybe that'll, you know, and there was a lot of, there's, you know, there was a lot of actually unused ideas from Alien that were found itself in Prometheus, a lot of aesthetic ideas, like Ron Cobb's original uh, design for, like, with the, the, the space suits, not so much the suits, but the, their names on their foreheads. It said Holloway and Shaw or whatever. Um, that came from right out of a page of Ron Cobb and some unused ideas from Alien. Um, but I feel like Alien is the key to Alien Covenant. I think this is the film that we're going to need to see to find out more about Alien Covenant and what lies in Or rather, Alien is the lock and Covenant could be the key. Oh, that's good. That's good. I'll take that too. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I'm loving what we're seeing. Um, the, the images, I think Fox is doing a really good job of slowly kind of bringing us into the world of Covenant. They're, you know, they're, they're releasing images of character in large part. Um, and even the, the supposed leaked images of, of the sets, we see all the, the engineers or whatever those things are kind of frozen, like frozen in time. There's some great... <clears throat> you talking about the the dead extraterrestrials yes yes you know it's it's funny because i don't remember where i would where where i saw it maybe it was in the original alien novel or it might have been in out of the shadows i think it was out of the shadows um if there's like an alien hive and like dead aliens that aren't aliens like they're like another extraterrestrial race I think they're called dog aliens. They get constantly brought up in the expanded universe, but um, they've never been on screen or anything like that. Well, I think the alien from Alien Three was referred to as the dog alien because you know it came from the dog. Um, no, it's it's not like it's it's not an alien xenomorph. It's, oh, 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 it's just an alien. Oh, I see. I see. Yeah. Hmm. Something like that. Interesting. So maybe maybe that's playing into that. I don't know. Yeah. Um, here's the final question as we wrap things up. Um, will we see a trailer this year? Do you? You're asking my opinion. I'm asking your opinion. Um, well, I mean, with how transparent they've been on social media so far, even with the, you know, couple leaks that we've seen, I get the strong feeling we'll see a leak, or not a leak, a trailer. Yeah, they'd would, be smart. Yeah, I think it'd be really smart. Um, I still can't get over the the timing between them releasing this image of 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 um, a shot with us Ridley Scott and what's his name on the set, Danny uh, McBride. Danny McBride on the set, and then the news of uh, Numi Rapace's return. Um, and I, I still, I'm I'm scratching my head as to why the synopsis says the lone survivor from the Prometheus expedition, and then all of a sudden, oh. But she's in it. Um, it's 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 a turnabout. It's very interesting. I'm, I I want to know. Hopefully, the behind the scenes of Covenant when we see, get the DVD, whenever that'll be. It probably won't be until 2018. Um, that'll probably give us more information as to how she was included. If that was a last minute decision, which I doubt. I don't think movie studios tend to not make last minute decisions. They want everything planned. They have budgets. They have schedules. I would imagine this was probably planned for a while. Maybe it was a secret that they didn't want out. Um, but I think even Rapace said herself at one point that she's not in Covenant. Yeah, I, she she mentioned something like, "Yeah, I'm not in it." Yeah, I need to research that a little bit more. But anyways, uh, great episode. Um, we just wanted to bring people more into uh, the idea of kind of the mystery of Alien, the discovery of Alien, why that film is important, why it it stands so apart from the the, the second two, which I again I adore. Um, but it's just, it's, it, it has not been, it much like Blade Runner, there hasn't, it has not, it has not seen an equal. There is no equal to Alien. Um, and hopefully Covenant will vie for that, that spot. I'm really hoping because good Lord, we really need another good Alien film again. Oh God, we do. I know we've been, and we need another good Blade Runner film too. But that's do? another topic for another day. We should, yeah. we should talk about that sometime. Yeah, we will. As soon as we know more about Blade Runner, we'll, we'll, let's include it on our, our next broadcast or whatever podcast that tends to, that happens to be. 
So thanks everybody for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. Those are our thoughts on what we're seeing from Covenant in terms of news and our, our hopes in terms of the mystery of Alien being recaptured. Thanks so much, everybody. We really appreciate the support. I think we're almost at 2,500 likes now, a little bit over uh, a year and a half of us being around, something like yeah. that. And before we go, let me just, you know, we do all this in our own spare time. We do it because we love it. We will continue to do it because we love it. Uh, we do have a PayPal. Um, we'll, we'll have a PayPal um, post if anyone's interested in just kind of helping us out. You know, we, we don't incur a ton of costs, but we do incur some uh, in terms of <clears throat> hosting and um, buying equipment and that kind of a thing. We'd like to have some better equipment. But again, we're going to do this no matter what. Um, but we'll be if, here for you guys. That's yeah. a promise. And if any, but if anyone feels inclined to like give us, uh, help us support us, whether that's a dollar or five dollars, that's fine. Uh, we just felt like uh, we wanted to put that out there for anybody who feels willing. So thanks a lot. Thanks for listening, everybody.